Welcome to the Keystone Sports Network. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Keystone Kickoff Show and also 98.7 The Fox here in State College. We are here to talk about some women's sports and teammates for life. We are absolutely honored to have with us Charmorette Curtis and Kendall Skalicki here will join me. She's part of the Keystone Sports Network team, and we are going to get a chance to talk to the woman responsible for all of this, and that is Char Marette Curtis. Thank you, Jim. Welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. This is a dream come true. I got to tell you. First of all, thank all of you for being here tonight. This is our, you know, first radio show that we're going to call Winning Ways because we have so many women within our athletic department, coaches, players, alums that uh, have just been extreme winners for this program. And so we're excited to kick it off. We appreciate, Jim, you coming to me and saying, Charlotte, we want to do something for women's sports. We pulled Jeff Byers in. I had to buy them both breakfast. That's part <laughs> of the deal. Um, but, you know, just to be here and have you come out and support us tonight, this is just uh, heartwarming. So thank you. It's unfortunate that if someone buys me breakfast, <laughs> I, I'm at your mercy there, Char. And it's just fantastic to ha be part of what you are doing with Teammates for Life. I'm sure many of our uh, visitors here know what it's about, but not everyone. How about starting out by just giving us a little bit background on Teammates for Life, and then I'm going to hand things over to Kendall to take, uh, take over talking to you. Sounds great. Sounds great. I've already done some things with Kendall, so appreciate you know her involvement with Teammates for Life. So during COVID, when everybody's a little idle, idle around their living rooms, and I'm looking through some things on the uh, computer, I saw that the University of North Carolina had raised an exorbitant amount of money for their women's athletics program. And North Carolina, UNC, has been just a thorn in my side the entire time I've been a coach. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, they can do it, we can do it, and we can do it better. And it was a women's athletics initiative, and it was called Tar Heels to Get Her. So Susan Robinson, Elizabeth King, Bechea, myself, I had a little powwow over at my house uh, about three years ago. And I said, look, we have to do this at Penn State. I know we've got some women that are Women in our community, alums are very passionate, men that are very passionate about supporting women's sports. But I was busy coaching, trying to raise funds for a stadium, and so once I decided that I was going to retire from coaching, which is about almost a year ago uh, this week, I went to Pat Kraft and I said, you know, hey, uh, I just want to let you know I decided I'm going to retire from coaching. And he's like, no. I said, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. And uh, I said, but I know what I want to do. He's like, well, you're gonna come work for me. I go, yeah, I know exactly what I wanna do. He's like, what's that? I said, I wanna start a women's athletics initiative. He said, Char, great, this is, this is you. It's got your name all over it, you go with it. And I knew at that time what was really important is that you know, I've got the coaching background and I can build a team and it's, I've understood as a coach that you need to get people with a different skill set around you. Your assistant coaches are so valuable. So I put an assistant coaching staff together, started with Susan Robinson, who is here, all-time great basketball player here. So I got Susan Robinson online, Elizabeth King, a 79 grad, played softball, Lee Beard, maybe some of you know Lee as well, very big with softball. I brought Mary Beth Schmidt in, and I brought Mara Pilowitz, who's here as well, is helping us as well. So Mara, raise your hand. 
So I brought these women together and I said, I have these ideas, but I need, I need your help in organizing what I want to do. So we identified a couple key areas that we wanted to provide different services for our student athletes. And the one was a mentoring program. And really what we wanted to do was to get our alumni involved, our campus leaders involved, our community leaders involved. And to do that, you have to develop relationships. And we have some amazing women on campus in this community that are just outstanding leaders. So I said, let's, let's talk to these people here in our community on campus about what we're gonna do. So we invited about 180 women. We had about 80 plus some show up at Beaver Stadium in May. And it was electric, it was electric. When the women came in, they were just like, what is this? No one gathers women like this together. And I'm like, we need to keep doing it because I think it's very, very powerful. And at that point, I was able to just express to them, as I'm expressing to you now, what my vision was. So it really is, let's engage with our student athlete, let's elevate them by providing different opportunities through mentoring, leadership development, um, uh, just connecting them with our alumni base. Let's get them engaged with each other while they're here. Let's engage with our alumni and let's build the supportive community for our women's athletes. Let's celebrate what they have done. Let's continue to grow support around them. And I would say it's been, it'll be a year probably in April and I've just been overwhelmed with the outpouring of love and excitement to support teammates for life. So that's in a little short in, in nutshell, I got it. that is very good. I'm going to let Kendall take over. And Shar, you've accomplished so much as a player, as a coach. What about Teammates for Life want, made you want to keep going? And we, when we spoke, you explained how you don't stop and you always are doing something and accomplishing something. So what is the driving force behind Teammates for Life for you? You know, it was uh, something I'm very passionate, obviously, about Penn State. Penn State gave me the opportunity in 1975 to come here on an athletic scholarship when very, very few universities were providing that type of scholarship opportunities for women. And so I'm grateful to Penn State for that opportunity to get an amazing degree, play two sports, um, and really be the training ground for me to go on to become an Olympian. So just with the facilities we had here and then to be rehired to come back to coach uh, and have 36 years here, it's just, uh, again, it, it's, it was my passion and I'm so fortunate that I have been able to retire from something that I love so, so much to go and do something now that I love so, so much. And that's I want to engage with all of you, with the people in our community, with our amazing student athletes, our students. I mean, that's what this is, what it means to me. This, I, I want to give back. This is my chance to give back and to grow the support that we can provide for women's sports. And you spoke a lot about mentorships within Teammates for Life. Do you feel like when you were a player or a coach, was there a lack of that for you? Or did you have a mentor that is kind of inspiring you with this? That's a great question. So my mentors growing up, I went to Lansdowne Island High School, Delaware County, finally known as Delco. Yes, very, very proud of that. Uh, my three mentors were my field hockey coach, my basketball coach, and my lacrosse coach. And then when I got to Penn State, my mentors became Jillian Rattray, Joe Paterno, Walter Barr, Reenie Portland. They were the, the coaches here that I really emulated and really took different advices and experiences from their successes to help build the coach that I wanted to become. But I didn't have that mentor in the profession that I wanted to follow. Coaching for women was not a full-time job. 
So, I mean, I did see Reedy do it, but not in field hockey. Really, wasn't wasn't that when I was that that um, you didn't have that opportunity when I was in uh, college. So now we have our women. They're everything and they're everywhere. And our alums are these amazing women that are CEOs. They're doctors. They're lawyers. They're life coaches. They're executive coaches. They're just educators. So how can we connect our student athlete base with these women that are going to tell their stories about how they became successful? And what do you feel like the reaction from the coaches and athletes here at Penn State has been? Oh, they've, been, they've, been they've been outstanding. Um, Allie B. is here tonight, who you're going to hear, one of our women's basketball players. Coach Keegs is here, right over there in the corner. Um, and I have to say, when we had first started in, really Carolyn Keeger had come on, on board. She came to me and said, Char, I've got this list of women. We need, we need to you know, hunt them down and get them supporting women's sports. So she was very impactful and very passionate as well about getting this community support to support all our women's sports. Yeah. And there's such a powerful message behind Teammates for Life, but if you could pick one thing, what would your message be to the younger girls out there? You know, to the younger girls, I would say that um, you want to know these successful women that have forged their path, probably without all the support that you have today. And when I hear these women, the stories that they tell, some of the obstacles that they went through, it's so inspiring. And I want them to meet these women because in the future, that next generation is going to be inspired by you. I had a question for you. Shar, uh, you talked about the positive response, the overwhelming positive response. And most of us here are Penn Staters. You were a Penn State athlete, Penn State coach, now the founder of Teammates for Life. What is it about Penn State that makes it so special that you get that kind of response? You know, as I said earlier, I'm so blessed and I fully will give 100% credit to Joe Paterno because Joe Paterno was the coach here who put a priority on academics and made sure that academics and athletics were kept in a proper perspective for the university experience for the student athlete. And, and we can't lose that, we cannot lose that. And I think he was my inspiration and the reason I wanted to come to a school like Penn State where I could thrive academically and also athletically. And oh, wait. Go ahead. We, <laughs> that's why we're Penn Staters. We have that passion because of th the values that we have here. We're so proud. When you talk about Penn State pride, it's because of those values of integrity, getting your degree, giving back to the university, meeting people that can uplift you, elevate you. That's why we're all so proud here. And you, you know, Char, now we, we are calling this series Winning Ways. And I think besides the alliteration, which we all like, it has something to do with the fact that that is the Penn State way, that Penn State tradition, the winning ways of Penn State. We are going to be doing more of these. Look out for some announcement, folks. But why don't you tell us what kind of other events do you have coming up with Teammates for Life? What are the things that we could all be looking for? Yeah, I'll tell you, after that first event we had in May where we had 90 women, you know, we huddled together at, with our committee and we thought, what other events can we do? And so we came up with Power Hour. And we spoke to Kathleen Ryan, 
who's the CEO of Mount Nittany Hospital. And she's a Penn Stater and said, Kathleen, you gotta jump on board. It's really exciting. I feel like your presence as a CEO, what you're doing in the community, the doctors that you have at Mount Nittany, the caretakers, we would love to have our student athletes, you know, meet them. So the power hour was we brought 30 women, probably about 20 were from the hospital, uh, Kathleen's people, and then we had about 10 other people from the community. And we brought 30 student athletes there. And we had every professional tell briefly their job, their story. And then we allowed the student athletes to go up and talk to them and mix and mingle. We had a break and then they, they could switch and talk to other people. And as I stood there and I watched these intense conversations and these smiles and the hugs afterwards, that was my vision, this is my vision. And this is what we are building. We're building those relationships. That's what it started with. It was started with relationships. So we're having our second power hour in, um, in March, and we're having the female entrepreneurs from campus and uh, in the community, and also women that have run nonprofits. And we're gonna bring 30 of those women in. We're gonna get 30 different student athletes, and we're gonna do the very similar event with them. So that was the one, and then the other um, events that we had in the fall, and we're having one this uh, February in another week or so, it's called our Aspire Speakers event. And we had Jen Burtis, if any of you were volleyball fans, Jen Burtis was like 5'2". She came from the coal mining region in uh, Pennsylvania. She did not even have a volleyball court in her high school. She came to Russ's camp, Russ said, I'm gonna make you a field hockey, I mean, I'm gonna make you a, a, a volleyball player. Jen came here, discovered she was dyslexic, got all the academic support help. She made the honor roll. She went on was a starter, national champion. She then went on to become a fitness instructor because a football player said, Jen, I need to get ready for the combine. He's asking some <laughs> five foot two, you know, athlete to help him train. And he said to her, Jen, you need to go on American Ninja Warriors. You'd be great at it. She's like, get out of here. She was on for two seasons. So the girl is like, she's just a rock star. She's written a book. Um, we gave her back her story. We brought her back. Her story was so inspiration, inspirational to our student athletes. The next day we had Jamie Schaubach Paro, who was a lacrosse player here, runs a hedge fund in um, New York City, Maine Global. But she's also involved, she's chair of a nonprofit that helps young women that are going through cancer treatment, through chemo and radiation, how they can store their eggs, how they can battle the insurance companies who you know, want to put their having children on hold. So these are former female athletes that are just so inspirational. We want to continue to bring them back to our campus and put them in front of our student athletes. So it's not just all about athletics. It's also their professional career, the academics, and everything else that makes you a Penn Stater, right? Yeah, it's life, right? It's, it's, it's life experiences, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Did you have anything more, Ken? I have one more. So lastly, you guys have accomplished so much already. What is your vision for the future, and what do you hope that Teammates for Life turns into and carries on to be? Yeah, so I want to tell you, we're working on a mentoring program. Jeff Tamburi, I'm going to give him a shout out, a lot of credit. Um, he married one of my former players, so that you can tell right away he's a smart man. Um, <laughs> that brought him back to Penn State because she was a Penn Stater. But Jeff developed a very um, professional mentoring program for his men's lacrosse players. And he, he modeled it after the Smeal Business School. 
And we looked at it, Susan and I, Keith, a bunch of coaches went and had Jeff speak to us, said, how, how did you do that? And he really was very methodical in how he put that together. And he said, Shar, it took seven years. So, you know, we're obviously just getting started, but sort of accelerated our game because he put us in front of a, one of his former players, Chris Schiller, who has also started what they call Connections for Life. Men's Lacrosse has a, a Teammates for Life program that is just mentoring. They have a Connections for Life. Jeff came to me in December, he said, Shar, I think Teammates for Life and I think all teams at Penn State should really consider doing this net, uh, Connections for Life. I want you to talk to Chris about it. And what it is, is every sport is gonna have their alumni base, their current team members, and it, it's a template where 30 different professionals of, you pick if I want to, you know, if Kendall is a player and she wants to, st she wants to find a job in medical sales in Boston, click, 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 that'll bring up all the names in her sport. But what we're going to do because we are one team here at Penn State, we're gonna share that with each other. It's good, we're, so if I can't, my former player can't find a veterinary, you know, a vet in Boca Raton, but maybe women's fencing has a vet down there, we're gonna send her down there to be internship with that person. So that goes back to just the, you know, the Penn State community, 790 some thousand Penn Staters. We've got a pretty good base to start with, right? So, yeah. We have a great team, don't we? We do. We do. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, oh, Shar. Thank you. And we are not done. We do have Coach Keeks here. Thank you, Shar, so much. And we're also going to move on from Kendall. She has additional responsibilities. She is going to be on her way to the wrestling meet. And I'm going to have Landon Tangwall come up and help me also. How about it for Landon and Coach Keeks? Come on up, coach. We'll get you right in between the rows between two thorns. <laughs> Please sit down. And before we get started with uh, Coach Keeger, just want to mention and thank our sponsors for this evening. If any of you have been having the great beer from Greater Good Imperial, their Pulp Daddy beer, and also 21 Seeds is providing the tequila for the special drinks for this evening. And I'll tell you what, it's not often I get to say this. If you drink a portion of the proceeds from your purchases, it's going to go to Teammates for Life. So I encourage you to drink. How's that, right? <laughs> All right. Coach Carolyn Keeger, welcome to the show. Yes. It is fantastic to have you here with Landon and myself. Yes. We appreciate you having uh, taken some time yeah. for us. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Hard to follow uh, Char, obviously, uh, how great she is and what she's doing for Teammates for Life and Penn State. is It's inspiring, and um, we're really lucky to have her still involved with Penn State. Oh, we all are. L let's start with that, with Teammates for Life. What has that meant to you and your players? Yeah, well, well first of all, I think, um, you know, in, in typical – Char fashion. What she does is, and what she touches becomes uh, gold and, and elite and the best. And, um, you know, when she came to me and said that she wants to do this better and, and bigger than any other university out there, I was immediately on board. Um, and, and for our players, you know, obviously this day and age, um, and, and Penn Staters really believe in uh, making this experience 
uh, well-rounded, right? It's not just about uh, the games that we play on the field or on the court. It's about helping them become the best versions of themselves for life. And um, this platform for Teammates for Life is, is going to be a phenomenal experience for them to get to know successful women, for them to get mentored by successful women, for them to see what life after sport looks like because the ball is going to start bouncing someday, right? And uh, everyone needs to prepare themselves for what life looks like after sport. And all the lessons we learn uh, from athletics can just propel us into the future. And, um, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants who come before us, and Shar is obviously one of them. So, um, you know, I think our, our women are really lucky, and this is obviously the ground roots, and we're going to make it something really special. Um, Allie Brigham, for example, is um, involved uh, from the beginning, and so to have her involved and in, in starting to understand and have her perspective, I think that's really unique. And hopefully in, in two, three years, this is something that the rest of the country is talking about. Absolutely, absolutely, Coach. I want to ask you real quick. You know, we just talked about how special of a place Penn State is. Shar just touched on that. What has that meant to you, the community here, the, the five years that you've been here? Yeah. What has that meant to you, just having that support? Well, well first of all, it, it's been really refreshing, obviously, since COVID. Um, you know, we, we came in as a program and, and trying to rebuild, and, and 10 months later, COVID hit. And obviously, we weren't able to be in functions like this or be able to meet the community as much as I wanted when I first came in. So the last two years have been really heartwarming for me to get to know people, to get to go in the same room with them, to get to know them, uh, to have them not only in our stands, but come to practice, to come to events that the Cager Club is holding or go to other sporting events and see people um, that come to multiple events, whether it's women's volleyball, women's soccer, or a basketball game or a field hockey game, uh, Penn State or support all women's teams. To me, that's unique. I've been at a lot of different universities and haven't seen this level of family camaraderie and this level of pride in their university, their degree. And um, it really is unique and it's really special. And for someone that is finally starting to feel that and to be able to be a part of that, it's, it's really special. Let's talk about the team a little bit. As you said, you came here five years ago. It was a slow process, mm -hmm. but there was that steady improvement every year. Seemed like one or two more wins mm -hmm. every season but still not the winning season. And all of a sudden this year, mm -hmm. things came together, a, a winning season. It seems like it was an overnight success five years in the making. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's felt like that to us or me. But, um, yeah, I think when we um, took this job, you know, we knew what Penn State had been in the past. We knew what it was like when Susan Robinson played and uh, Terry Williams, number one in the country, obviously, in, in – uh, the final four run that they had and the amazing players that have come before. So we knew what it could be. Uh, we knew we had to, um, you know, roll up our sleeves and, and get to work and rebuild the thing brick by brick. Um, and I just give a lot of pre uh, credit to my players and my staff for, for staying true to the process, for doing it the right way and um, believing that, that work and hard work in the end will prevail. And um, I think there's no shortcut to success if you're trying to build something that lasts. Um, you know, I knew that we wanted to be somebody that could be a contender in the Big Ten year after year. In order to do that, it wasn't going to be one quick fix. It was going to be have to be a foundation uh, rebuild, and I think that's what we've done. And um, you know, we now have the leaders in this program that have propelled it the last two years, and um, they're going to be the catalyst to put it into the future. But I think the biggest shift this year has been player-led leadership. You know, we've been waiting on that for the last four years to kind of come into fruition, and I think the young women have finally understood what that looks like. Um, to take it into their own hands and realize that they have the ability, they have the credibility, and they have um, the, the willingness to take this program to a whole nother level. 
One thing I've talked about on our show, which is mostly about football, but we've also talked about men's basketball, and recently this year's edition of the men's team, and I don't mean to go, go off uh, schedule here talking about it, but they didn't have a road win until like a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And then they instantly had a second road win. And I made the comment that I think teams need to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. And is, do you feel that was part of this process for this year's team? Absolutely. And I can look back at the different places that I've been because this is the third rebuild I've been a part of. You know, I did it as an assistant at Miami. We went from worst to first. We did it at Marquette. We went from worst to first. And um, now we're, we're in the process of doing that here at Penn State. And I can look back at every one of those teams and every one of those rebuilds and think of a moment. Let's think of a game that really propelled us to, hey, we can do this. We belong. Um, and I think that moment happened for us this year um, against um, Southern Cal. Uh, USC when we were down in the Bahamas and uh, we ended up losing by one game could have went either way one call here one bucket there uh, but I think you know to, to play a top 10 team um, on a neutral site uh, away was that moment where we were like hey we can do this uh, we can play with anybody in the country we took Ohio State to overtime on their home court um, obviously you know Iowa I thought we held Caitlin Clark in check for the most you part a um, couple other players went off, unfortunately. But, um, you know, for us, I think they're learning how to win. They're learning that they belong. And it's still a process. Uh, we're nowhere near we want to be yet. But uh, we're making gains to get to that NCAA tournament. And then that NCAA tournament hopefully propels us to a Sweet 16, to an Elite Eight. And then you obviously keep building to, to win championships. Yeah, Coach, you continue to talk about having to go through a couple different uh, rebuilds in, in your time coaching. Uh, I just want to understand, when you sit down at the end of the offseason and you kind of just assess – what does that look like what, when you sit down and say, okay, what changes do we need to make? Mm-hmm. Or is it just stay true to the process and trust what you've been telling your players? I think it's a combination of both. I think obviously failure prepares you for success and you have to learn how to fail forward. Um, and we talk about it as our team all the time. Um, failure is part of the process. You have to learn how to fail, regroup, and, and, and fail differently. You know, <laughs> the problem is, is when you fail the same way over and over, right? And you're not making adjustments and you're not growing. Um, so for us is um, learning that failure is part of the process, is humbling. Um, and it, it might not be what we all want all the time because everybody wants to win, right? Like there's two teams going head to head. Both teams have put in the work. Both teams have, have you know, had blood, sweat, and tears. Um, and it's learning that, hey, it's, the ball's not always going to go in, but your defense can be your catalyst. Or, you know, if, if something goes wrong rebounding-wise, you know you can fall back on um, your, you know, uh, free throw shooting percentage or whatever it might be. So I think for us, we go back to the drawing board a lot. You know, and we say, first it starts with me. What can I do better as a head coach? What do I need to change? What do I need to adjust? What does our staff need to adjust? And then you go back to the team and, and you go by individuals and you go by a group. Um, and I think that's coaching, right? Right? Learning how to take a group, uh, understand what is working, to continue to emulate that, understand what isn't working, and change. Um, and if you have a group that's willing to do that and that can open their heart to adjustments and they can open their heart to understanding that um, you know, it, it, uncomfortability leads to growth, that's huge because uh, I think it's really hard these days you know, with immediate gratification, uh, with social media, with technology, everything wants to be immediate, right? Everybody wants success to happen now. Um, and I think it's really hard for this generation to learn that that's, that's not reality, right? Um, you know, it, it, it takes time and it takes patience. And um, if you can get a group that buys into that, special things can really occur. Absolutely. Yeah, I, c- I can tell just how much I can feel it, how much you care about this team, mm-hmm. how much you care about these girls. I just want to ask you, why, how, how did you get your start in coaching? Like, what made you, you want to get into it? What made you want to make a change in, in these girls' lives? Yeah, I, um, I think it goes back all the way um, 
you know, when I was a kid, I think I knew at about 12 years old that I wanted to coach. Um, my dad was probably the best coach I've ever been around. Um, he knew how to motivate me in ways that no one else could reach, and he could say one specific thing to me that would either uh, piss me off or, or, or motivate me, or he just knew exactly what to say to, to press my buttons. And uh, he was my baseball coach. I, um, I played baseball growing up uh, and then transitioned to softball when I made it to high school. But, um, you know, I think he was, he was the first one. And then um, I've had amazing coaches in my life. I played three sports in high school all throughout. So I've had the opportunity to learn from um, really great women, um, some really amazing men's coaches. And, um, you know, I just figured – when my playing career was done, I wanted to pay it forward and I wanted to give back. Uh, and then I was lucky enough, and I tell this story sometimes to people when I was at Marquette, I was obviously a point guard. Um, the university, um, well, Charlotte, uh, was in our, in our um, conference for my first two years. And I didn't know the head coach there at all. She just played against me, and uh, she loved the way that I led. She loved the way that I commanded the court. Um, and as soon as I graduated, she called my head coach and said, what is uh, Keeger doing? I'd love to hire her. I'd love for her to be on my staff. Never knew her. So I tell our players all the time, you never know who's watching. You never know who, who's um, researching you. You never know when your opportunity is going to come. And I ended up right after my uh, senior year having surgery on my foot. So I had an agent, was planning on eight, uh, continuing to play. I went down there to just rehab and learn the coaching. I fell in love with it, and I never played again. And here I am years later. All right, Coach. Let's talk a little bit about your current team. Mm -hmm. And just a couple statistics that I found fantastic. Five players averaging in double figures. Another one at nine and a half points. I think another statistic is I look. Five. Five of your players shoot over 40% yeah. from three-point. That's a formula for an exciting brand of basketball. Mm -hmm. Now, is that based on the players you have, or is that the style you look to play all, all the time? Well, I think it's a combination of both. Obviously, you know, we have a really versatile, really deep team. Uh, obviously, that was by design, right? You want to bring players in that can play deep into March. This was our year that, you know, we wanted to compete and we wanted to play deep into the Big Ten tournament and uh, hopefully, you know, make that NCAA tournament. And in order to be successful, depth obviously helps. So um, we, we have, I think, 12 people on our team that could be 12 starters. I, and I really do believe that. I think at any given night we could change it up, and um, that's rare. Um, and we say as a team that our depth is our superpower. Um, and it's, it's unique, you know, this day and age, uh, getting players to, you know, buy into that concept. Because obviously everybody would love to play 40 minutes. Who wouldn't? Um, but in order to understand that uh, the best our team is and when we're playing our best is when we're sharing the ball, when we're sharing the minutes, and we're valuing um, what our teammates have to offer. And I think that's something that we got to get back into. We obviously uh, had a recent injury to our point guard, uh, learning how to play without her right now. Um, we got to get back to our depth and sharing minutes and sharing uh, success. But you go to our three-point shooting. I mean, Allie Brigham, our, our starting uh, post player, went two for two against Iowa from the three. So I think it's also how we player develop. We spend a lot of time in the gym with our kids. We spend a lot of time in the film room. That's always been something that I believed in, and I think that's why every year that I've been at places, we've had more wins than the year prior because uh, there's a lot of coaches that just go out there and recruit, and they just recruit, 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 and um, try to get the next All-American, and uh, that works for some people. For me, I believe in player development. I believe in developing them on and off the court, and uh, to me, I want to say yes to the people that said yes to me and really get in the trenches with them and really uh, make them better. And I think that's something you can always say about a, a team that, that I've been a part of is every individual year by year has gotten better. 
And um, I, I think that's the recipe to, to have a program that lasts for the long haul. And I love the fact that you have so many three-point shooters. That's hard to defend if you have that many players on the court who could hit it from three. Yeah, it's fun to play, too. It's fun, <laughs> fun to watch. When we're hitting, obviously. Uh, second half of Wisconsin was uh, not so much. But. Well, but as you told us, you learn from those failures, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So what do we have coming up in the schedule? When are there the next couple home games so we could all show up and support the team yeah this thursday we play illinois who's a really tough gritty team uh we're gonna need the fans we're gonna need uh to play our best basketball they their record might not show up but they were an ncaa tournament team last year they're, they're really tough they rebound really well so that's gonna be a fun much uh match up over in the bjc then we go to maryland on sunday Obviously, uh, you know, we played them really well the first time around, so um, I'm sure that's going to be a great rematch. And then we come uh, back home to uh, Rec Hall game, for first time back there. Um, can't wait, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal uh, setting. I hope everybody can come out. We'd love to sell that, that arena out, and uh, even for our young women. I know this game has been circled on their calendars. What a phenomenal experience to play in such an iconic building where um, our founders and our young or the women that came before us built this program. It's going to be a really special night for all and rec hall is a special place we saw it when the men's team will get over there it's exciting a wonderful place to play coach first just congratulations on this season and most of all from my standpoint as a fan congratulations on the exciting brand of basketball <laughs> it makes me want to come back and watch more games i love that please tell your friends, please tell your friends that. <laughs> we will do that coach thank you so much for joining yeah. us we really appreciate Absolutely. it thank you so Absolutely. much thank you appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. But we are not done. We are going to have another special guest, and she is on her way. And before we get there, just one more thank you. I want to say to JR, the owner of this establishment, thank you so much for hosting us here this evening. You, you and your staff are doing a fantastic job. And don't forget, everybody, drink. Beers, <laughs> mixed drinks. It helps the cause. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I Thank am you gonna, I'm going to hand you over to Landon here to take care of this interview. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's we are here it. with Ali Brigham, forward for Penn State basketball here. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing I want to ask you, I, I walked up to you, and you were almost as tall as me. Yeah. That doesn't happen. <laughs> for, for those listening, I'm about 6'6", six, six, so that doesn't happen too much. He talk, take me through your growth spurt growing up. What was that like? When did you hit your biggest growth spurt? Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting. I never really had, like, a huge growth spurt. I just never stopped. Like, okay. I, was, I was always one of the tallest ones. My mom always shows me pictures, and I'm, like, heads taller than everyone. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm 6'4 now. I think in high school as a senior, I was, like, 6'1", 6'2", so I still grew into college. Um, I knew I was going to keep growing because I had to get an MRI on my foot once, and the doctor was like, you still have room in your growth plate. And I wear a size 13 men, so 15 <laughs> women. And I was like, oh, my God, you have to be kidding me. But... I think I stopped. I think I'm done. So yeah, hope so. Hope so for your, I hope. For your shoe shopping. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You know, I'm sitting here, all-time leading scorer for your high school and in rebounds as well. Uh, what was that moment like? Did they did they pause the game for you when you were the mm -hmm. when you finally uh, broke the all-time record at your high school? Yeah, they did. Uh, my teammates they came jumping on me. It was it was a really cool moment for sure. 
No doubt, no doubt. And then, obviously, uh, you committed to GW uh, mm-hmm. and then transferred out after your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that transition like to coming from GW to Penn State? Obviously, different being in D.C., now in State College. Uh, mm-hmm. But on, on the court, uh, what, what was that change like for you? Yeah. Um, so, as a freshman, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I never really experienced what college was like. It was at GW, we were in complete lockdown being in D.C., mm-hmm. especially during that time. So then coming to Penn State and seeing a ton of students, 40,000 was crazy. Um, And then being able to actually play in front of fans was really, really special. I never got to experience the GW community. So then coming to Penn State and being able to immediately, I think I went to the doctors, like they had to screen me and someone screamed, we are, and I had no idea what that meant. But it was just like... (laughs) It just is a testament to the community here, and it's something really special. Absolutely. Uh, Penn State, welcome. Uh, so, I know, I, when I was doing some research, I saw that you had a summer internship at SLAM, mm-hmm. uh, and then you could tell the people what SLAM is. It's a big, big media company for basketball. Uh, but do you see yourself wanting to get into that side once you, put, once you hang it up? Yeah, 100%. Um, over the summer, I did an internship with SLAM. It's a basketball uh, news company out of New York City. Uh, my role was a brand partnerships intern, so I got to work – with Meg, um, she actually was in coaching herself at Columbia. Um, and so that was a really cool connection. And it was really special. I got to be a part of some cool projects. Um, there was one like Slam and Lululemon, which is one of my favorite brands. So that was cool to say that I was able to see that come into fruition. So, And to answer that question, yeah, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to post-grad. No doubt. Now, turning on onto the court, uh, going back earlier into November when you guys started off the year strong, winning that, winning that tournament down in the Bahamas, what was that like? Was that your first time in the Bahamas, first off? No, I went when I was younger. Oh, okay, okay. So you, you, kind, of, you kind of already knew how to yeah. have vibe for it. Well, I'm sure that was a great bonding experience for you and your teammates, uh, and, that, and that was really great. But what was it like starting off the season with a big tournament win? Yeah, it was awesome. It was, And Keegs mentioned it when we played USC and we only lost by one. We were in the game the whole time, and I think – Something really special about us this year is that no one thought that we would be in this position. Um, So to prove that to ourselves, but also to prove that to everyone else that we're putting Penn State back on the map, that was a moment that we definitely all was like, we've made it, we're here, but it's not going to be easy and we need to keep fighting for it. But it was definitely really special. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's easier to come together when you kind of feel like, it's you guys versus the world, and that's kind of what the sense I'm getting from you guys. So how do you feel like you guys gelled over the season with that kind of it's us versus everybody mentality? Do you think that really helped you guys gel and become a more complete team together? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's uh, some motivation for us. It gives us a chip on our shoulder. It's something that we've been talking about a lot this season, uh, not to just prove to ourselves, but prove to everyone else that Penn State deserves to be put back on the map. Absolutely. And then obviously we just had Coach Keeks here. I could feel the energy radiating off of her. What has she been like since you've been here, kind of just mentoring you, uh, just teaching you the game of basketball even more than you already know? Uh, What has she meant to you? Yeah, I'm really lucky to be able to be coached by Keeks. Um, Her passion and everything, that the way she carries herself is something that I've always wanted to emulate. Um, I think if you looked at me three years ago and you looked at me now, I think it's completely different, and that's because I'm, you know, around Keeks, surrounded by amazing staff, amazing teammates like that. Um, So I think her passion and you can really tell that she cares, and that's something that's really awesome. Absolutely, no doubt. I wanted to get into a little bit of uh, some fun stuff right here. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you is, who is your most famous contact in your phone right now? Mm. They, wouldn't have to, they, they don't have to pick up, but I just, I just wanted to know, who's the most famous contact you got? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have three. Three plugs. We have Shahar. 
Um, Susan and Keeks. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now I want to get into something I call this or that. So I'm going to give you two different two different things, and you're going to tell me which one you prefer. Mm -hmm. uh, you ready to go? Yeah. All right. So first, Disney or Nickelodeon? Oh, Nickelodeon. Okay. okay. What was your favorite show growing up? I was a big SpongeBob kid. Love SpongeBob. I still am a SpongeBob kid. I still watch the reruns. Uh -huh. It's great. It's great. Hip hop or country? Oh, hip hop. Okay. Okay. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Spotify or Apple Music? I'm a Spotify. Girl. Wow. That's a that's a hot take for anybody around here that doesn't use that. Everybody seems to love Apple Music, uh -uh. but hey, Spotify's got some got some Spotify's good deals. Spotify's where over it's there. at. All right, all right, from 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 the mouth valley. <laughs> Everybody needs to transfer over to Spotify if you're not on it. Uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving? Mm, Thanksgiving. Okay, it's uh, kind of tough because Thanksgiving is my favorite meal, but Christmas is my favorite holiday. Okay, I got what's what's your favorite part of a Thanksgiving meal? Uh, definitely the cranberry sauce. And the mashed potato combination. It's a hot take. What type of cranberry sauce? Because there's people that like like the like the gel oh, that's sliced. Yeah, that that's one. what you need. Yeah, okay, I don't slice. want the right. I don't want the berries. No. Okay, all right, I got you. I got you. Game winning three or game winning block? And might I just add, you, you've been you've been banging home some threes lately, so. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to go with the block. Okay, all right, I like it. I like it. And then last one, Chick Fil A or McDonald's? Mm, Chick Fil A. Yeah, always, always. Mm. That's right that's choice. Expensive. Absolutely yeah. right. Oh, Stanley. Oh. <laughs> Stanley, yeah. <laughs> what, real quick, can I get you a Chick-fil-A order? Yes. It is a spicy chicken sandwich meal with a high, high sea fruit punch. I love it. I love it. That's no great. milkshake? Mm -mm. The high sea fruit punch is the best place that you can get one in town from oh, Chick-fil-A. Okay, what okay. flavor is the high sea punch? Or is it Just fruit punch. Fruit, fruit punch. punch flavor. It's like the, like the McDonald's Sprite, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, last question. This isn't a this or that, but what is your top musical artist right now? Ooh, um, probably Noah Khan. Okay, that's a great one. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. I love it. I yeah. love it. You, everybody in the audience, I guess, go home and listen to Noah Khan if you're not. He uh, just came out with a new song. It's awesome. There you go. Plug, <laughs> plugged in from Ali. <laughs> I have no clue on this conversation. <laughs> you realize that, like. <laughs> no doubt. Ali, thank you so much for joining thank us you. today. We really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you, Ali. Really, yes, we really do appreciate it. And thank you also to Char Marette Curtis. To Coach Keegs, we thank you all so much for being here. And keep drinking, folks. <laughs> Landon and I will still be around. We'll be talking to the folks. And if anyone has any questions for Landon, he's here. Come on up. Say hello. We'd, we'd love it. Thank you again. And thank you for advocating for Teammates for Life. Thank you, folks. Keystone Kickoff from KeystoneSportsNetwork.com.